0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. The
1: triangle set to the top of the pattern. Now Spielman in motion to the near side. Rolling right is McCaffrey. Throws it toward the end zone. Wide open is Noah. Makes a catch. And it is a push Nebraska.
0: Now let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin.
1: Thank you. Welcome to our Wednesday night edition of Sports Highlight here on the Husker Sports Network. Busy hour coming up in a few minutes. We'll have our another edition of the Husker Huddle with Jeremiah Searle sitting down with Amir Abdullah, currently a member of the Minnesota Vikings. That's coming up later on in the hour. But we start here tonight. Delighted to be back with the president of the University of Nebraska, Ted Carter. President, thank you so much for spending some of your time with us. I hope you had a nice Memorial Weekend. And I'm sure for you and your long service to our country, which we thank you for, a Memorial Weekend has to have a very special meaning to you.
2: Thank you, Greg. Yeah, it, uh, it, it always does. It's a time for us to reflect and uh, thank those that pay the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we enjoy in our country. Uh, and I had some time to think about that, uh, especially those that I served with in the past.
1: Did you, were you in Lincoln, or did you do some traveling over the holiday weekend?
2: I was fortunate enough to uh, fly on a uh, commercial airline back to the East Coast hmm. uh, to see some family back there and came back here to Lincoln. So uh, uh, I got to experience, experience that, and it was uh, done safely and appropriately, So, uh, but I'm glad to be here in Lincoln.
1: Well, very good. I'm glad you made your your way back and we're glad you're back here in Lincoln with us here tonight. Let's begin with some news that you had. You you've rolled out regarding online tuition at the University of Nebraska. You've reduced costs for Nebraska students and streamlined tuition rates across the campuses. Can you tell us about the thinking behind this decision?
2: Well, as you've uh, highlighted on this program, I've been uh, given the opportunity to speak to. You know, we we opened up Nebraska Promise, which is about affordability and accessibility for uh, lots of students out there. We froze tuition for two years. And now this new piece, uh, a review of our online cost per credit hour to match for our in-state students to be the same price tag, whether you are attending on campus or online. We recognize that there will be some small percentage of students that uh, for whatever reason won't come to campus, whether they're thinking about a gap year or they just want to stay maybe closer to home, uh, which is far away from Lincoln, but still in Nebraska. So we wanted to price that just right. We didn't see a reason to have two different price tags, uh, and we're seeing uh, great results from that.
1: President, if, if someone takes that route for a while but then wants to eventually get to one of the campuses, what, what, what plans does the university have to kind of help that transition? Well,
2: Yeah, it should be completely transparent, whether you take uh, your first uh, semester or your first year with online courses, all those transfer uh, to our 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 campus. And of course, you could go from one campus to another. So it could be uh, completely streamlined. Uh, You still be on track to uh, graduate in four years or five years, whatever suits you and the uh, credits you take per semester. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible to either be working remotely or on campus.
1: You, you made the announcement earlier this month that you expect to be open in the fall. How are preparations going to, to meet that goal?
2: Well, first, I'm just going to say how proud, proud I am of our chancellors, our senior administrators, our faculty. Uh, there are task forces uh, that have been formed on every campus looking at the details for how to do this. Um, we're working uh, extensively uh, with our uh, Global Center for Health Security and our University of Nebraska Medical Center. Uh, friends, and we're working through a very advanced checklist for how to do this. So uh, I'm optimistic that we're thinking through as many details as we can from you know how to uh, go through testing, contact tracing, uh, the social distancing that we're going to need on our campuses, classroom sizes, using every, every avenue we can to keep our faculty and our staff and our students safe, but yet do the on, uh, the uh, academic mission in person.
1: I'm visiting with Nebraska President Ted Carter here on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network. You've had a month full of announcements the nebraska promise which will go out to support low and middle income students a two-year tuition freeze uh for starting in the fall for all students the the online tuition rates which we just referenced a moment ago uh last time we talked you mentioned you're seeing an impressive bounce in applications in tandem with all these announcements has that trend continue here as we get to the latter stages of may
2: it has uh it's uh, rather impressive. In fact, I'm not sure uh, too many campuses of any, uh, c- certainly of our size, uh, in the Big Ten or elsewhere, are seeing the type of bounce that we have. Uh, from about four and a half to five weeks ago, when we first initiated Nebraska Promise through all of those initiatives that you just outlined, uh, we've seen uh, uh, north of a 12% increase in applications. Now, the extension of the federal assistance for uh, you know federal aid being extended to 1 June was done in concert with that, with all our applications. So we've seen uh, well over 1,600 new applications to come to our four campuses. At some of our campuses, Kearney and Omaha, they're some of the highest application numbers we've seen in four years. So very excited about that movement. Uh, Now we just have to finish and not worry about uh, freshman melt, which is that (laughs) phenomenon where people apply, get accepted, but then make a a change in their decision. So right now, everybody in Nebraska is an enrollment officer, every faculty, every administrator, our board of regents. And uh, I would tell all our listeners, talk to your friends, uh, those that are thinking about coming to our campus. If they've applied and they've been accepted, this is the time to come to University of Nebraska.
1: Well, that's, really, that's, that's fantastic. We have heard some, some schools in the state, schools around the country, president, that have said that they're going to maybe start the semester a little early so that they can wrap things up by Thanksgiving and not have students go home for Thanksgiving, come back, maybe try to beat the, the height of the, the flu and, and virus season. Have, have you had any thought to that
2: at all? Well, absolutely. We've uh, been taking a look at it. Uh, We studied it. Uh, I'm going to be putting a proposal in front of our Board of Regents here very soon and we'll be ready to make an announcement. Uh, And again, anything we do with our academic calendar would be done uh, with the safety of our students and our faculty and staff uh, first. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, we'll be looking at uh, what the right type of academic calendar is uh, for the future. Um, So there's lots to look at there and I'm excited that, uh, you know, we may be able to do something smart for our students.
1: You have certainly been out in front of this thing from the get-go, and I know last week you had a chance to be a part of a national panel with some, some of your peers to, to trade ideas back and forth. Did you glean anything from that? And, and I'm sure people were certainly interested in hearing what you had to say, all the things that you've done in the last two months.
2: Well, Greg, it, it probably wouldn't surprise any of our listeners to know that there, there's really kind of three types of people that react in a crisis. You know, those that uh, kind of wish it away and don't really take much action, uh, those that uh, are kind of frozen in, a- in action, and, and those that are proactive and think about uh, providing solutions. And I'm, as I've said before, I'm so proud to be in Nebraska State where uh, people are solution minded, they don't just stare at a problem and wonder how to. Think about solving it. So I talked about how we're preparing to solve it. Uh, I found what I said uh, to be in uh, contrast to some of the other major university systems across the country. Some are going to stay working remote with their students for the entire fall. They're even thinking about extending that into the uh, winter months. Uh, we're doing this appropriately safety, safely with data, uh, and uh, we've gotten a lot of response to that. In fact, uh, we've seen major colleges and universities, even at the Ivy League level, ask for our checklist, for how to open because uh, they want to do the same thing, but they want to know how we're doing it.
1: President, I know you've you've been in constant contact with the governor, Pete Ricketts, and and he recently announced the results of a statewide business survey. And I don't think any of the results surprised anybody how how much this virus has impacted businesses around the state. Um, The university has been a key partner in working with this. What specifically has the role of the university been to to try to help businesses recover from uh, this pandemic?
2: Well, we're involved in just about every aspect, from helping small businesses uh, reopen to uh, providing survey data that will uh, help inform the governor of what his decisions help the chambers of commerce across uh, all of the entire state. Uh, Also work uh, our extension and work with the farm and agriculture community. Um, So we're involved in just about every aspect about how not only we're going to reopen, but how we're going to recover. And again, I'm very proud to say that you know, here in the state of Nebraska, as you look at uh, unemployment rates that are you know, exceeding probably uh, near you know, almost depression level from the 1930s, in some states uh, near or at 20%. Uh, here in Nebraska, we're closer to that 8.2, 8.3% of unemployment. Um, it just tells you uh, how dedicated uh, the state is and how hard the governor's working to keep our state open and get to being more open. And we'll bounce back. It might take a little while, but uh, you know, we're here to help in all aspects of that. As we've talked about before, the university is such a big economic driver, you know, uh, I I won't say that we're not aware of uh, how important it is for us to not only deliver our academic mission, but when we're open and we can deliver that type of economic impact to the entire state, $4.5 billion just last year, uh, it's important for us to stay vibrant.
1: On a lighter note, I, I was told that you're going to be giving the commencement address to your, your high school, the class of 2020 in Burrowville, Rhode Island. Have you have you finished the speech? What are you going to try to get across to these 18-year-olds finishing up their high school careers?
2: So I graduated Barville High School in 1977. It's a, a very small town, uh, 12 by 12 square miles. Uh, my graduating class was uh, uh, about 198 uh, young men and women And uh, I remember like it was yesterday. And uh, what I'm going to tell them is something that I think is uh, relevant to today. Uh, No one can predict the future. Uh, The class of 2020 is uh, certainly more resilient than most high school or college classes that have uh, gone through this uh, than any classes before. And I think what I would tell them, what uh, I've learned over the years, is, uh, you know, nothing will ever happen exactly the way you script it. And when one door closes in your preparation for your professional life, be ready to go through a different one and embrace that, and uh, things will work out.
1: Well, very good. I know it will be a speech, a a memorable one for all of them. They're very lucky to have you be able to do that. President, we thank you so much for spending some time. Glad you had a safe memorial trip back east. We're glad to have you back in Nebraska, and we'll speak again here in a couple of weeks. Is that okay?
2: Yeah, very good, Greg. Thanks.
3: Welcome to another edition of Husker Huddle presented by Sap Brothers. I'm your host, Jeremiah Searles. Today, we are joined by a good friend of mine, a former teammate of mine, playing on a former team of mine, Minnesota Vikings running back, Amir Abdullah. How you doing, Amir?
4: I'm doing well, man. How you doing?
3: Oh, you know, hanging in here, keeping it well, uh, holding it down here in Lincoln. Where are you at nowadays?
4: I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm down in the south, back closer to home, closer to my family. It's cool, man. It's not bad.
3: Yeah, well, let, let's jump right into it here, Amir. You're back with the Vikings for the second year now, going into year six in the league, correct? Six, man. Man, time flies. Time flies. So let's let's go back a little bit and talk about last year. You got to the Vikings right about week one, correct?
4: Uh, well, this is actually like my second and a half year. Okay. So, so I got to the Vikings midway in my fourth year, like right. like, um, like October. And then – I resigned with them that following year. Then I just resigned another one-year deal with them this year.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I was up there. I love Minnesota up there. It's a great. I mean, talk a little bit about what your experience, what it's like to be up there playing with guys like Kirk Cousins. You got Dalvin Cook, one of the top running backs in the league, in that league, in that room with you. What's uh, What's it like up there playing for the Purple?
4: Man. First and foremost, the fans are amazing. The fans are probably the closest thing to, like, Husker fans that you can find in the league, which obviously no one's really close to Husker Nation, man. No one shows up like them. I can remember all the the bowl games we went to, San Diego, Orlando, Jacksonville, wherever. They always showed up. But Minnesota is very much like the the same. We were out in Kansas City this past season, and uh, just seeing how much purple was in the crowd, really gave us a big boost, man. We didn't come out with the win, but just knowing that you got the purple faithful behind you every single game, first and foremost, is always amazing. And then obviously playing with just great players, man. Our defense is star-studded. They've done a good job keeping this defense together for a few years. Offense, we're, we're adding a few key pieces. Had a really good draft, in my opinion. And like you said, I'm playing with some, some absolute studs. Kirk Cousins has proven himself. Really took a leap in this game, in my opinion, last season. And then I think Dalvin Cook did the same thing. I know he had a coach of years where he couldn't stay healthy and this is the first year you can kind of really put it all together you can see how dangerous he can be if he can stay healthy for a full season.
3: Yeah I, mean, I think people really underestimate how hard it is to stay healthy for a full 16 NFL game schedule you and I both had our fair share of dings I mean it is it's one of the harder things to do in life and so to see Dalvin put together a good campaign last year was big I mean you played a big special teams role on that team last year kick returner I saw you lay the wood against some guys out there on on the punt return, just hammering guys. I mean, your role has shifted a little bit on that team as far as you become a leader on the special teams there. How did you step into that role and how's that affected your game?
4: Man, I, I just uh, did whatever the coaches asked me to do. You know, I, I, feel I, at, I look at Minnesota as definitely as like a transitional for me. Obviously, it's a, it's a lesser role than what I'm used to, especially in Detroit being a the starter there. But it's a good opportunity to kind of reinvent myself. I'm working on a couple things in my offensive game that I think is definitely going to prolong my career. I really consider myself more of a hybrid now, very similar to, like, Percy Harvin, Mm. where I can be a receiver and running back. So I'm looking forward to growing more into that that role. But when it comes to special teams, man, it's it's about just loving the game of football. You know, um, um, no NFL play goes meaningless you know every snap means so much and anytime you can put your resume out there i'm always going to try to do my best so i got a couple opportunities at gunner i would never played gunner before but i made a couple of key tackles and i almost made the pro bowl as a special team of last year so that's crazy you know i never thought that I would be in that role but i'm embracing it every step of the way
3: yeah man and that just proves the team that you were that i knew you were that all the people you played with are i mean it's, i'm excited to see you continue to grow and develop in that role You signed in free agency this year. And everyone I've talked to in the league, I've talked to some Brent Brent Qualley, Spencer Long. And free agency was kind of a mess this year with COVID and everything going nuts. How did it go down for you? Did it go pretty seamlessly easy for you? Or were there some hoops you had to jump through with the COVID stuff going on? Or because you were with the Vikings, was it a fairly easy transition? Or did you find it kind of difficult this year?
4: It was kind of, it was, it was a couple of hoops, but as a running back, it's always hoops, man. We, all, we always get the short end of the stick when it comes to free agency, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, it was kind of up and down, man. Um, Todd Gurley got released, and that definitely changed the running back market a lot. And then also with players not being able to come in and get physicals, mm. it, you know, the team's a little bit wary of signing guys too quick. Some guys were coming off of you know, season, um, season ending like nicks and bruises and stuff like that. Luckily, I did have the great rapport that I have with Minnesota. So they were the first team to reach out to me. Um, I shopped around, but at the end of the day, I felt like it was a good place for me to continue to transition in my career, continue to build myself as a player. And uh, hopefully when I'm back at the table next year, it'll be a whole different circumstance.
3: Again, we want to thank Amir joining us here on Husker Huddle. We also want to thank SAP Brothers, our sponsoring the Husker Huddle, and they want to remind you that their top priority is to keep guests and teammates safe. SAP Brothers is offering a full service at the pump as our nation relies on drivers and farmers now more than ever to provide essentials to our community. SAP Brothers is committed to serving you. Amir, there's a lot going on in the world right now, man. Things are shutting down. Things are talking about reopening up. I find it interesting talking to NFL players as far as what are you doing to stay in shape because everyone's doing something different. Everything's finding ways. They have to find a way. Um, What are some things during this whole this whole crisis here that you've been doing to be able to keep yourself in shape? So that whenever you do show up for OTAs, whether that's in a month or whether that's in three months, you're ready to go to make that team and make an impact that you want to make this year
4: uh really i'm just listening to my body you know like everything is by ear right now so we started uh virtual meetings actually monday so they kind of gave us some things to expect and but like you said no one knows exactly when we're going to be able to get back and i think for a veteran player like myself going into my sixth year the most important thing you can do right now is listen to your body um i know a lot of guys were training to reach a peak point to be good for otas but Like you said, OTAs may not be when they typically are. It's probably going to be later, maybe like July or something. So I think it's about scaling back and Mm. working on little things right now. Um, not going extremely hard with a lot of the um, high velocity workouts, box jumps, things like that. Working on balance, working on core strength, working on you know, proprioception, catching, the fundamentals. That's what I've really gotten back to, the things that you don't always tap into. As someone who's played football since I was six years old, you can sometimes get to a point where you overlook the little things like footwork. Um, running backs, we really work on our tracks, making sure we're, we're on line with offensive alignment when they're, you know, pulling up to the next level, a lot of things like that. And, of course, watching film. Hmm. And so you've got a lot more time just to watch film and watch yourself and to really reevaluate where you need to get better. So when that time starts to approach where we get a clear idea of when we can get back, then we can start picking things up with a better foundational structure to ourselves.
3: I mean, Amir, talk to me, explain it to me. I haven't been a part of it. What are these virtual OTAs looking like? I'm sure it varies from team to team, but how are the Vikings handling this?
4: Uh, it's pretty much just meetings. It's like meetings, uh, you hear meetings, you're learning the installs, you know, week by week, day by day, um, going over the new things that you may put in, going over some things that may change around the facility. Uh, I, th- I think the Vikings are doing a really good job right now, just keeping everybody in tune, you know, because uh, when you're away from football sometimes, you can't you can't kind of you know lose track of you know what you're supposed to be doing or you know, maybe the playbook and things like that. But we're doing a good job of of communicating well uh, within position groups as a team, the whole nine yards, just to keep everybody ready to hit the ground running when we get back.
3: Absolutely, Amir. We had the draft here uh, not too long ago. What did you think of it? Did you like the virtual draft? Did you miss the, the hugs of the guys walking across the stage? I mean, what I, I, I personally, I thought I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing the coaches at home with their families and the players at home, safe environment with their families and cameras not right in their face. What were your thoughts?
4: I had mixed emotions because, for one, the drafts, it seems to be going a little bit quicker, even though that first round is still too long. In my way opinion. too long. It's way too long, in my opinion, but – I I appreciate how how quickly, how smoothly they could do and conduct that whole thing with all these different players on webcams. That was amazing. But at the same time, I think it is a special moment for a lot of guys who were potential first-rounders, second-rounders, to, you know, walk across the stage, you know, hug the commissioner, and to be recognized for the hard work that he put in up to that point. But at the end of the day, you know what it is. It's about playing football. It's not about wearing suits and shaking hands. So I I think... um, I think I think the virtual draft is something that could catch on, you know, but I know they said they 're going to try to do it in Vegas again. Uh Mm-hmm. next year said that so I, I i think it's just an event that uh was needed for a lot of people because we we've been in a sports drought for a long time so i think a lot of viewers and consumers really just appreciated anything they could get so i think it was pretty successful
3: absolutely as we wrap up here i want to talk about something i've seen you doing um, and i i respect the hustle i respect the grind your do rag talks on instagram they, they're, they're like mini podcasts. Um, they're awesome. I listen to them all the time. Where did this idea come about? If people want to listen to it, where can they find it? And kind of what was the brainchild that made that a reality?
4: Yeah, so the story, the story might take you by, a little bit by surprise. Okay. But they're just blogs. Um, they're also on my YouTube page as well. Okay. Blogs are just some things that are on my mind sometimes, some little messages that I hope can receive people, people can receive well. Um, it started when I, I was living in L.A. like two years ago. And um, being, uh, being African-American from the South, the durag is something that is very culturalistically valued uh, in our community where it keeps your hair up and things like that. So, you know, I got dreadlocks, so when I go to sleep, I wear a durag to keep my hair together. And there was a miscommunication with someone in public who thought that my durag was a symbol of like criminal activity <laughs> when I was out. And I had to just let her know, like, no, no. <laughs> No, this this isn't anything like, I'm not going to come in and wear this to rob you. I'm just doing this for my own personal care. And from that, I just really took on the responsibility of debunking a lot of myths that come along with um, the attire that a lot of African-Americans wear, that we're not, you know, we, we can be confused a lot of times when it comes to our intellect and other things that you know make us who we are. So I wanted to take ownership in that by wearing a do-rag during every single last one of my you know, my vlogs and giving uh, really uh, good information and education to people as much as I can.
3: That's awesome, man. Like I said, I, I watch him. I appreciate him. I respect what you're doing out there. We got to talk a little Husker ball before I let you out of here. Very of unknown in the college football world. We have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, we've been told that football won't happen as long as school doesn't happen, but who knows? I mean, this Husker team is full of question marks all around the board and not having a spring ball make those even bigger question marks. But being in six years removed now, Mir going into Scott Frost's third season, what are you just looking for from this Husker team this year, going into year three of the Scott Frost regime and seeing what kind of growth they can make?
4: Um, I think one of the the toughest things to watch last year was just how they finished games at times. I can remember looking back at the Colorado game, as one game in specific where I was like, wow, this team has to get more of a killer instinct and, you know, to to finish games. And I don't think they're as far off as a lot of people think. Uh, Of course, there are a lot of question marks with, uh, the D line. I, I saw the two uh, Davis twins got drafted. Yep. Congrats, guys. Uh, filling filling in some of those holes is definitely some question marks that need to answer. But but at the end of the day, I feel like it's about mentality, and I think Scott Frost is starting to get his you know his his philosophies across to guys that you can't slack off any minute of the game. You can't think just because you're up right now that that won't change really fast. Because I mean, you see it in the NFL. The two minute drive is where a lot of teams win games. You look at the Super Bowl this last last year. Kansas City was down with like five minutes left. They came, you know, they came back and Mm -hmm. won that game. Uh, Critical moments like that, I think Nebraska can definitely learn from a lot of those examples. And I think when they look back, whenever they can get back together, when they look back at the film, they're going to be encouraged at least on a positive note of, we were in a lot of games. Now, how do we finish?
3: Absolutely. I can't agree more. I think that you nailed it when you said earlier, every play counts. And I think that the more that people learn that here on the Husker program, the better they're going to be. Amir, thank you so much. That wraps up this edition of Husker Huddle presented by Sap Brothers. Special thank you to Mr. Amir Abdullah for joining us. We're excited to watch you this year in the Minnesota Vikings, Amir. Excited to keep up with you on Instagram and Twitter and follow you along with the, the Rag Talks and everything you're doing in the community. It's awesome. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Earl. See you, brother. Absolutely. Take care.
1: One of my all-time favorites, Samir Abdullah. Wow, was he fun to watch in a Husker uniform. Made play after play. Tough player, gritty, fan favorite for sure. It's time for Famous Dave's face-off.
0: Famous Dave's, America's favorite barbecue, offers award-winning, mouth-watering, house-smoked barbecue for pickup, curbside, or delivery. Order three ways, online at FamousDaves.com, through the Famous Daves app, or call your nearest location in Lincoln, Omaha, or Bellevue. Famous Daves, locally and veteran owned. Let's go. Mano a mano. You and me, right here. Right now. Now, here are your hosts, Josh Hilkeman and Brett Whitty,
5: And not just the two of us, but... Brett is, for the first time, live on video, and not just a picture. He is on video, oh, and it's...
1: kind of uh, miss that, Jimmy, that friendly picture he has, Ben. In his Jesus. closet, right? <laughs> no,
6: I'm not in my closet right now. I'm, I moved oh, out of okay. the closet, yeah. <laughs> Upgrade. Upgrade. If the acoustics sound worse, then, then we know yeah, I made we'll the right We'll send you <laughs> back there.
5: Send yeah. you back to the box. Exactly. <laughs> back to the closet. Well, Greg, you you mentioned it. Ben... One last week makes it five to four overall so Greg you still have a five four lead but Ben is closing quickly Tighten up. we talked about that uh back and forth of two in a row before this you had won two in a row Greg before that Ben two in a row before that Greg two in a row so Ben if you make this two in a row we'd have a really nice pattern going so 50% there yep you can you can do do the hard part
1: Last week was a classic seven-game oh. seven yeah,
5: Seven-gamer. And yeah. we, the deciding question was one from SNBL that we'd been hanging on to for <laughs> about five weeks. So that was fun. All right, let's jump in if you guys are ready. First question, which three players were the, the were, got the winning decision for Husker baseball in the 2019 Big Ten tournament? Ben. Ooh, Ben in quick. 2019 Big Ten tournament winners – We'll go with Matt Waldron. Is Matt Waldron up there? He is one of them? Yes. So two left.
1: You better sweep. I'll this, play by it away. Yeah, uh, yeah. you you better not make is, it even
5: have a miss. Should be pretty fresh. <laughs> Nate Fisher. is Nate Fisher another answer..
1: Yes,
7: Kyle Perry started game three, but I think he only went three innings.
5: Uh, I'll go with Robbie Palkert. Is Robbie Palkert the third winning pitcher of the 2019 Big Ten Tournament? (laughs) Yes. Ben, it's a sweep out of the gate. So, yeah, you did it in order too, Ben, which is impressive. Matt Waldron got the win against Minnesota in game one, Fisher in game two against Iowa, and then Palkert beat Michigan uh, after the Huskers had lost to Michigan earlier in the day. Do you think there was a more satisfied Husker at any point in the year, Greg, when Fisher
7: beat Iowa? I mean, I don't know that there, there was a single result uh, that the Husker was more thrilled with when Nate, Nate got some revenge against the Hawkeyes. He was feeling pretty good him. about that.
1: Yeah, Run rolled him that day. Yeah, that game ended in seven innings. All right. Moving on, question
6: number two, been up 1 0. Uh, name the four highest paid MLB players in the 2019 season, and that's salary for the season. Greg Ben. Ooh, Greg. Let's go, Mike Trout. All right, do we have Mike Trout on the board? <laughs> we do. Do you want to pass or play?
1: No, I'll play.
6: All right, three people to get, three strikes. <clears throat> Um, Bryce Harper. Do we have Bryce Harper? No, we do
1: not. Hmm. Didn't we have something about this that if the season gets played, we were all going to be surprised about who the highest paid guy was? <laughs> well, yeah. Th- yeah. That's I, they for were this running season, the numbers though, on yeah. Trout,
6: and it was crazy to think of how little he was going to get paid. Right.
5: It was like 70000 yeah. game or something. This is for the last season, though. So last season, highest salary according to MLB.com. And Harper wasn't one of them. Wow. Was not. Okay. Not in the 19th. Uh, Give me Clayton Kershaw. Do we have Clayton Kershaw on the board? He's actually tied for fifth, so that was Oof. a good guess right there. That hurts. Right there. That
1: hurts. I just can't believe Harper. He just had signed that deal with the Phillies. hmm um, Manny Machado. Show me Manny Machado.
7: No No Machado.
5: Ben for the steal. Ben for the steal. That's it already? Yeah, that's three straight. I got three wrong. Three guesses, Ben. Okay,
7: can I tell you who I'm between? (laughs) Sure. Pull the old Greg Sharp strategy here? Yeah, we'll
5: tell you that Greg has already said Mike Trout, so he's off the board. I'm stuck between Justin Verlander
7: and Chris Sale. Okay. I'm gonna say Chris Sale. Uh, do we have
6: Chris Sale for the steal? We oh. do not. Was his other right. guess right? <laughs> no. It was not actually. <laughs> so so you don't have to feel How about bad, that?
1: but. Ben, we threw out five names, and we went over 5. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got
6: – so Trout was actually number four at 34.1 million. Uh, number one, Steven Strasburg, 38.3 million. Max Scherzer, 37.4. And Zach Greinke, 34.5. Wow. Zach
7: Greinke. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I should have got Man.
5: Scherzer and Strasburg. Yeah.
7: Ben's I knew it was buddy. a pitcher. I knew Zach I knew Grinke. pitchers were, were up there. You, yeah.
5: You were on the right track there. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was not super well played, but that was also a tough, <laughs> tough category. That's all right. Yeah. We're tied. We're tied that's, at one. That's pretty horrible. N- we probably hit. We probably hit four or five of the top ten. I was going to say you guys were, yeah. re- ba- you know, going right around it. That's Harper that's right. has to, had to have been up in the top like. Yeah. Six,
1: he and Machado seven. signed those big deals last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah the pitchers are always
5: paid a ton well, more. Well, and here's th- I think Harper's was like a ten year deal, so I don't think he's making quite as back-loaded, much. Yeah. Per- yeah. Yeah, it's backloaded. Like, yeah, yeah, He was like
7: thirty three. I want to. Say?
6: Right, I'm, I'm he was.
5: Sure. He's up there,
1: but it's yeah, not yeah. He's quite definitely as
5: much. he's definitely top ten for sure.
1: So uh, our so you're saying our guesses weren't embarrassing? No, they were not embarrassing no. guesses at all. <laughs> you guys, you guys Man.
5: obviously know baseball. You're you're okay. It's not nothing to be embarrassed about. All right, question number three with a score tied one-one. What five seasons did Peyton and Eli Manning win Super Bowls? So the year the season started, and if you give the Super Bowl number, that counts too. Ben. Alright, Ben in first, hesitantly. Uh <laughs> 2014. How about 2014? No. Nope. Over to Greg for a guess. Um <laughs> 2015. How about 2015? Yes. Oh, dang it. That was Manning's second or uh, Peyton's second with, Super Bowl.
1: With with Denver. Yes, correct. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna play it. Yep. <laughs> you're gonna embarrass us again with this
5: one. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel like you can get at least one more. You. I. I have, I have confidence that you'll get at least one more of these. All right. Um, 2011. Is 2011 one of the answers? Sure is. See, you're doing better already than what you thought. That, so that was, was an Eli. That was an Eli one. Yep. Yeah. Super Bowl 46 there. It's two left. You're halfway home, Greg, and no strikes. Let's go uh, 2008. How about 2008? There's strike one. you can kind of remember the the opponents, yeah. then that helps a little bit. I, think. I know but. I know the rest of them. I know oh, the rest okay. of the opponents, but right. I don't know the years. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Y- whenever we do things like this where we're asking you for specific years, that's a little bit more difficult. Definitely. So I, I have see. two left, right? Yes, you have two left. You've yeah, said 2011 two right. and 2015. 15. So you one of each so far, and you have one of each left for each of the brothers, Eli and Peyton. All right, give me
1: 2009. Uh, Two thousand nine. I gotta be dancing right around you. Yeah, you're some <laughs> of these. Um, you're in the right, all right, decade.
5: <laughs> you are in the right all decade. <laughs> two thousand and seven. How about two thousand seven? That's the correct. one I knew. Dang it! So. 2007 was Eli's first. Right. That was well, was the done with Eli. They knocked off the Patriots, yeah. the undefeated. Undefeated Tyree. season, the right. classic David Tyree and all that. So right. The Catch the ball on a helmet. Dang it. That was the one I knew. Yeah. Well, you have one left, Greg. Okay. Let's go uh, 5 How about 0-5? Oh. So that's three strikes. Ben, a chance at the steal. It's Peyton's victory over the Bears. Okay. Right. So what year
1: was it? And it was raining. I think... It was, it, it was I in think Miami. you're a year off. <sighs> but which direction? I I, <laughs> <laughs> I can see the game. I remember it, but I don't remember what year. Devin yeah. Hester took a kickoff to the house. Yep. Yep. The opening kickoff, I believe. And it, wasn't there an onside kick to start the yes. second half yeah. by yeah, the Saints? Yeah. Oh yeah.
7: It was against the Bears, not yeah, the Saints. Yeah, the
1: Bears. Oh, yeah, the Bears. Um, Bears. Double. <sighs>
7: I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I could drive yet. Because 2016, <laughs> I was driving. <laughs> or 2006, I, I was driving. It's funny. It's this either was, 04 or 06.
5: Yeah. This is the one that I I would have guessed 05. I'm going to say 2004. Is it 2004 for the Seal? It is not 06. You had a 50-50 shot, and you didn't get it. So that's twice, Ben, that you've had a chance at the steal and come up short. That's
7: well, tough. Well, I
1: was all over it with 05,
7: 07. Yeah. 07 was right. I knew 07 yeah. for sure. Yep. I knew I knew for a fact it was 07.
5: Yep. So 2006 was – If If you had asked me, I would have said that, like, 100% I thought that was in 2005. Like, I don't know why, but for some reason that would have stuck out to me as the year that Peyton won his first one. But
1: Actually, Ben, I think that's pretty impressive. We nailed three of the oh, four. Oh, yeah.
5: You guys you guys yeah. did good. That yeah, was good. That's pretty well, good.
1: But you guys, Greg, yeah, you got all three of those
5: that you got were really good. Before you jump well, into this – he, he yeah. knew. He had one of the two years. Right. he was, sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for this next question, oh by the way. God. This is fun.
6: Yeah, here we go. All right, Greg taking a surprising 2-1 lead here. Question what? number four. <laughs> <laughs> Name the five oldest stadiums currently being used in Major League Baseball. Ben. Greg, I heard Ben first.
5: Yeah, Ben first. It. Fenway
6: Park. Show me Fenway Park. You got it. That's the oldest one built in nineteen twelve. Are you gonna pass or play? I'm playing. Oh, all right. Decisive. Yeah. Wrigley Field. Show me Wrigley
7: Field. <laughs> the second oldest, nineteen fourteen. Okay, those are the two those are the two layups. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Um This is where you get into a little murky territory. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, we just had a question not I think it was last week about or it was on SNBL where we talked about newest stadiums. Yep, that's so where this el- came from. I can eliminate a couple of those. <laughs> you can
5: eliminate the five newest for sure. Yes.
7: Um so I'm gonna work I'm gonna work backwards. I'll say Dodger Stadium. Alright, do we have Dodger Stadium?
6: We do. That is the third oldest, nineteen sixty two.
7: Okay. That's it for the AL West, I believe. 'Cause it's not Safe Co. It's Texas Rangers, obviously. It's got a brand new one. Yeah. What's the name of that thing? Life something?
1: Bankers Life or something? No, I Don't
7: think it's the Angel Stadium, because they've moved seventeen times. And it um don't think Oak I don't think the Oco's
5: in there, but I'll save that for a later guess. <laughs> um <laughs> Alright, so Ale Central. You're getting into territory where it's there's a lot built around the same
3: yeah. Here. Um, Very
7: true. Yeah.
5: Not Target Field. Nope.
7: <laughs> no. <sighs> I know this, by the way.
6: Oh. 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 Wow. Give me Comerica. All right. Do we have Comerica? Oh. No, we do not. That one's that relatively First strike.
5: That was like late '90s, I think. Yeah. Come on, Ben. Um. Let's see.
7: Okay, so I'm gonna work. It's not Braves, it's not Nationals. Shea's relatively new. It's not Marlins. City feel, by the way. Whatever. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> um, what's just, do I have to say the actual name of the no, stadium you can or can I give, give the, me the team. team? It's fine. I mean, give the me the team. Phillies.
6: Do we have the Phillies stadium? Oh. We do not. Strike
7: two one more and it goes to Greg. Alright, so I took care of the NL AL East
5: (laughs) Greg has a pretty smug smile on his face (laughs) right now
1: Let me in, coach!
5: Wow Oh, boy
7: Cleveland
6: Cleveland No, it goes to Greg
1: Ben's mentioned both of them. Yeah, he did. He did mention. <laughs> um, and so you can take your pick whether you want to go Anaheim or Oakland. I'll go Oakland. <laughs> All right. Oh, Show cocky. me. Oakland. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There we go. They were both built in
6: 1966. Yeah. So yeah, you can take your pick yeah. there. The K wow.
1: was getting built. Getting cocky. The Coffin Stadium was built on the f- the, f- the same prints as Anaheim Stadium. That was oh, number six. That was the Kauffman six. six. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Look at that,
6: a little historical Is it, is it still
1: surprising, Brett, that Greg's oh, ahead oh, now? Oh. huh? N- n-
6: not not that it was surprising. It was just the trend that was y- you, we were winning two games in a row, so the fact well. that you are now leading 3-1, to one, it seems like that might be over. Man,
1: I thought, Ben, I thought you were for sure going to get it because you mentioned both of them, and then you went away from him. Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't have got Anaheim because I thought they were
7: moving around too much. Well, yeah. they well, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. figuring it.
1: You I can rent? see that. The Rams played there for a while. They say oh, they reconfigured really? the park to make it bigger. The Rams played there for a while. Then they went to St. Louis, so they took away seating and yeah, yeah. So. Interesting stuff. All right, moving on to question
5: number five: Who are the top teams in the or the leading teams in the four divisions of the NHL currently? At least when the 2019-20 season was paused. Ben, Ben in first, Tampa Bay Lightning. Is it the Tampa Bay Lightning, one of the top teams? No, they're not. Another team. So we're looking for just in the standings right now? In the standings of the NHL of their divisions. Oh, okay. So there's four lordy, divisions. Lordy, 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 Four divisions in the NHL. We're looking for the four leaders.
1: Um, give me the Predators, Nashville Predators. Get the Preds. Oh. Yeah. All right, back to you, Ben.
7: Okay, well, if it's not the Lightning, it's got to be Boston.
5: Is it the Bruins? Yes. All right, now So I have to play this do You it? have to play, yep. So you've got three left and three strikes to do it. That was the Atlantic division, right. by the way. I'm out of my league on this one. Of the East. So you've got one more in the East and two in the West. The Las Vegas Knights. Is it the Golden Knights? Yeah. Golden Knights in the Pacific Division. Two left. It's now one from each conference left. Yeah. It's either the Caps or the Flyers or the Penguins. Those are all teams in the East. Caps, Flyers, or Penguins. Who do you get right, Josh Vegas and who? Uh, Vegas and the Boston Bruins. Boston, okay. That was not his initial guess. His initial guess was the Lightning and the Atlantic, but. Sorry. Give me the Capitals. How about the Capitals? Yeah, three for four. (laughs) Okay,
7: so I know the the division,
5: but I have no idea who is. (laughs) Well, just talk it out. You
7: can. Okay, it's the Stars division. So it's the Stars, the Avs, and.
5: St. Louis. Okay, those are all. I have three guesses, so right. those, uh, those got to be the top if, three. If those are the top three. Give me three, the Avalanche. How about the Avalanche? Oh. That's one strike. Give me Dallas. How about the Stars? Oh. You have one guess left. Are you going to oh, stick if it's with not your niche? Louis, It's got to be St. Louis. <laughs> is it St. Louis? For the win and to stay alive for Ben. it <laughs> sure is. You're... Run the category. Good aren't work. they the, Aren't they the defending cup champs? They are, yeah. Yeah. And they they are leading the division currently. So. Oh, I was ben. sweating. Ben. Yeah, ben. I was sweating. <laughs> I don't was blame you, man. That was,
1: that was. Really impressive. Yeah, good. Nice. That
5: is. You're showing off your NHL knowledge right there. That's solid. Whew. Solid stuff. All right. Been I kind of had four on. strikes because I had Tampa Bay. Right. True. I did but. not. I did not know that one. So. It's all right. You got it done.
6: All right, Uh, Greg's still up 3-2. Question number six. How many times has Phil Mickelson won each of the four majors in a... a, I hear Greg. And you must state the correct number with the corresponding
7: major.
1: Two masters.
7: Show me two masters. Nope. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what to guess. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Did not film
6: guy. Show me one master.
7: No, no one
6: master. One British Open. One British Open.
5: Yes. This is a tough. This is like a different. This is different Very, format that we've yeah. done for any yes. other question. So this is a little bit weird. But good job, I don't Greg. Know you're golf playing
1: at all. I'm hosed. He well, did win nev- the Open in
5: 2013.
1: Yep, won the Claret Jug. He's never won the U.S. Open. So is that your one um, of your guesses? Zero
5: U.S. open. <laughs> there you go. Zero U.S. Open. Um, so now you're down to two. PGA two more yeah. Masters.
1: Mm-hmm. So th- I'll, I'll go
6: three Masters. It- All right. Show me three Masters. Yes. And now I got PGA. Yep. Just one tournament left. How many?
1: Um. Give me two PGAs.
5: Do we
6: have two PGA Tour wins?
5: Nope. Do not. So is that I believe that's just one strike, right, Brett? Yeah, because well, I m yeah, the first, yeah, best, first one
1: I got was the open. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um gimme three PGAs. Three PGA tour wins.
6: No, sir. Oh. One strike left, and it goes to Ben, who I don't I'm not confident knows the <laughs> answer. <laughs> no, I g- do g- not.
1: Give me one PGA.
6: One PGA for the victory for the week, Greg. He's got it. 2005.
1: I I thought he had more than five majors, but... I was wrong. That's it. He, he
6: has come in second or third yes. or been in, in those slots quite. quite well, often.
1: that's what the
5: so the U.S. Open. I can't remember what the number is, but he's oh, in yeah, second six. place like five or six times. Yeah, yeah. he's so. got six yeah. of
1: them. Hmm. Tiger Woods was ribbing him about him.
5: Oh, People thought yeah. he
1: would never win in in Europe because he's not doesn't like that style of golf. But he did. He won that one. A couple 2013. Of years ago. Yeah, ago. I would I would never have most, gotten that. That's the most recent major he has. It is. America, yeah,
6: British. surprising. Yeah. For yeah, seven years. Wow. Yeah,
7: all I'm right, out of my Greg. league on golf, boys. That's, that's all right. Well, you, uh, you you
6: did win the NHL one NHL. though. I didn't yeah.
5: know that. NHL, but
1: Gre- Greg with the victory though.
5: You did get in.
1: Good work. Woo! The stadium one. You, you gave me that one, Ben. You had the. Stadiums. Well,
7: I w- I, like I said, I wouldn't have said the Angels anyway. So,
5: but really, what it came down to is questions two and three. Ben, you had a chance at a steal on both of them. Yeah, and the, the, the couldn't Manning, come up boys. With the, couldn't quite come up with it. Yeah, the Manning one. Oof. That was yeah, 50, fifty fifty
1: and you had a yeah, chance. You didn't have the baseball one. That was hard. Yeah, we both that was rough. we both swung and missed on that one. Good mm-hmm. questions, boys. Well done. All right, boys. SNBL. The all-star break was last week. We all kind of opined that maybe the Roar Lions would have a big second half, and Ben, that's starting to prove out to be pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah, they finally
7: got some guys healthy. And uh, you know they're really starting to play well. That now they did. They were on a nine-game winning streak, and then they lost three in a row right there at the end of the of the simulation. So I think they're what Josh five and a half back. Yeah, Austin's team's five back. So yep. um, it could have been could have been a lot better, but yeah, they're they're now in the conversation again, which wasn't the case this time a week ago. Yeah.
5: So Josh, your lead is five over Austin. Exactly, yeah. Thankfully, the Mammoths, they were down going into the ninth inning of today's game against the Rowboats, but they managed to claw back and score four in the ninth inning to win it, so yeah, that was a key win for the Mammoths today, and then like we said, the Lions are really coming on strong. They finally got everybody healthy. And so, yeah, Nate's team is somebody to look
1: out for in the second half. We thought in the other division that the Farmers, the fans team, might be a team to keep an eye on. How have they gotten out of the gate after the All-Star break?
7: They were really hot to begin with, but they have cooled off a little bit since. Um, I think they're a game and a half behind me, and I think you're up six maybe on them. So a little bit of distance. Uh, the Harriers right now are, I think, nine and one in their last ten, so Ooh.
5: they're they're on fire. Yeah, they they played the Nationals in a series, and we were watching the after the games that were on stream. We simulated ahead, and we were watching there. I think three games Ben that the that the Harriers won by one run over the Nationals, and yeah, a lot of close games, but they came away
1: with wins in all of them. Yeah, and I, National- I think it was
7: the ninth inning, ninth inning every every game they won. The, na-
1: the Nationals aren't bad, no, right? Yeah. They're they're okay, they're
5: decent, yeah especially for being in the division. They're no Astros, that's for sure. They're not as bad as the Astros. They're competent. Josh, have you hit 80 wins yet with the Mammoths? Not yet. I think the 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 number I was at after today was like 78 maybe. I could be wrong about that, but, yeah.
7: I'm getting up there. We're not far
5: behind. Are we into
1: August now?
5: Now we are, yeah. Today's games are the last day of July, July 31st. So, yeah, tomorrow on the stream you'll be able to see games that – are taking place in the month of August. Okay. Do we know who's who's matching up tomorrow at 11 a.m.? Yes, we do. We have uh, starting out uh – the day we have the let's see here we have the uh, mammoths and lions so a big time matchup in that al west and i'm a little bit nervous about that that game that could be a chance for nate's team to make up a lot of ground on mine game two people eaters rowboats and then we end the day with the harriers and the cubs so your team's playing the cubs at wrigley it
1: ties into earlier what we said talked about on uh face off part of our twitter poll too out there yep. at, at husker sports all right ben big announcement you got a you got a former husker joining us tomorrow yeah aaron bummer former husker current chicago white sock will be on with us
7: for about the first hour tomorrow he's got some uh, a, a little bit of time in his schedule tomorrow so um he's willing to to spend a little bit of downtime with us before the the boys in the big leagues get going again, just signed the largest contract ever by a non-closing relief pitcher in Major League Baseball history. So that's that's pretty pretty big time for him. I think we were in San Diego when that news came down. So
1: proud of Aaron, really looking forward to seeing and catching up with him tomorrow at 11 a.m. Awesome news. We'll do that again every Monday through Friday, 11 to about 1 o'clock. We simulate three games. I'd love to have you jump on. It's on Twitch. You can get to the link off of our Twitter page. We put it up there, and you can get into a chat room and kick around all kinds of topics with us as we roll through that. It's been a lot of fun, and again, into August now on SNBL. Our greatest games this Friday night, Ben. We're going to take a little break from football and throw a baseball broadcast. And it's going to go back a year to TD Ameritrade a Saturday night. uh, A chance for the Huskers to get into the championship game. If they could beat Michigan, the winner would go to the championship game the next day. What a great atmosphere. Beautiful weather that night. It's going to be fun to listen back to that one. Yeah, I started to get to some one-year...
7: Uh, notifications on my phone from different social media platforms about that night um, not that long ago and that that really made me miss college baseball a lot and and just thinking about being um, you know at TD Ameritrade Park and then a selection Monday and yeah just a very nostalgic feeling after after what what happened last
1: year that was a unbelievable night for college baseball the star of that game, Robbie Palkert came in and pitched terrific relief pitching for Nebraska and he's going to join us tomorrow night on the program along with Teddy Greenside's normal Thursday night appearance and again, I can't wait to ask Teddy about this Sam Smith comment that Michael Jordan told some lies during the last dance episode Robbie Palkert could have come back and pitched for the Huskers this year, but got a job and decided to move on with life and li- I think living up in Omaha, is that correct? Yes, he is, right here in Omaha Alright, going to be good to hear from Robbie tomorrow night. also on the SNBL stream tomorrow, former Husker, current member of the Chicago White Sox, Aaron Bummer, will be a part of SNBL's coverage tomorrow. So tune into that, have some fun hearing him talk about some stories from his Husker past and also the success that he's had now in big league baseball as a member of the Pale Hose. Really good hour, fun face-off brought to you by Famous Dave's and good update on SNBL brought to you by Dorothy Lynch.